Hello friends, welcome to Play Along Podcast, the podcast where we play through games. I'm your host, Jared, and today we have another Get Wrecked episode for you. If you don't know, Get Wrecked is kind of our little side series here on Play Along Podcast. What we'll do is one of the hosts on Play Along, either myself, Kai, or Ben, will be joined by another guest, either friend of the show, fellow podcaster, streamer, and essentially what we'll do is we'll recommend them a game that they've never played, and then they'll recommend us a game that we've never played. Essentially what this is for is, you know, we all have massive backlogs. I mean, if you're playing games, you probably have a lot of games that you're trying to get to. And these Get Wrecked episodes kind of just force us to maybe look at games we might not have. You know, maybe we'll find our, some new favorite games or maybe we'll find games that like, yeah, I was, I, I'm glad I avoided that and I didn't need to do it. But uh, <laughs> with me today, my guest is Mike from the Showboys podcast. How you doing, Mike? Hey, how's it going? I'm doing well. How are you? Awesome. I'm doing I'm doing swell. I mean, it's been like 30 seconds and I haven't cleared my throat in this, this podcast yet, so I'm already doing good. Uh, well, I had to mute my mic while you were doing the intro because <laughs> I had to get one in. <laughs> and then I was I was a little worried because you, you had a bit of a delay in replying oh, no. to my, uh, you know, how are you? I was like, oh no, did uh-huh. I forget to unmute my mic? Because I do that all the time on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Coming from another person that constantly is muting himself for various throat clears or sniffles, I totally understand that. Yeah. Uh, ben, I apologize in advance for any and all of the <laughs> sniffles and, and coughs. Because between Mike and I, we are notorious in our shows for, <laughs> for doing this. Uh, yes. yes. Uh, Definitely. Yes, my co-hosts uh, give me loads of crap all the time for clearing my throat and coughing uh and you know hey you'll finally be able to put a face to the name in your discord that always comments on the amount of throat clears <laughs> that jared has because you know yeah, exactly he, he comments because he knows he understands the pain yeah. we need to have like a uh, like a support like, group i think we talked about that <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah we definitely uh should have a little throat clear club that's for sure so we'll find other like-minded people um, that also have the same struggle we do. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. In regards to the, the muting and leaving myself muted, last night we mm-hmm. had uh, a newscast episode. And, yeah. Yeah. and we were talking about um, Julia Garner being up for the role of Madonna in a Madonna biopic. And oh, that's I had, like, I really had to clear my throat. I muted, like, ripped a real big old throat clear out, and it was glorious. And then I was like, you know, I was like, yeah, you know, between Julia Garner and Florence Pugh, who was also rumored to be getting this role, like, man, I really, I'm glad they, they're looking to go with Julia because I can really see like a resemblance, you know, mm-hmm. like physically her appearance yeah. with a young Madonna. And I'm mm-hmm. like in the middle of saying that and they're just like talking about other oh, stuff. Oh, you didn't like, unmute yourself. Like, oh no. What are these guys Dang. doing? They're so He's talking rude. over you. Yeah, and then I looked down, and I was like, oh, it's because I've been muted for a solid minute and a half. <laughs> I've had I've had the opposite, too, where it's like the, the panic, go to press the mute button, and then don't, like, you think you press it, and you don't, and then you just cough into your co-host's ears, and they're like, well, thanks for that. Yes. Like, cool. Just just cut that out. <laughs> yeah. But, yes, yeah. Mike, Mike, tell us a little bit about yourself and about uh, your podcast. Well, uh, like you said, I am a host of the Showboys podcast. We mm-hmm. talk about, you know, 
I kind of have a hard time describing us, but I, I think we're just kind of like an entertainment podcast. Like we talk yeah. a lot about shows, movies, gaming, everything in between. You know, YouTube mm-hmm. series. We've had a few YouTubers, uh, creators on our show for interviews and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but we're just a bunch of guys who enjoy consuming all this like nerd culture entertainment and mm-hmm. like to talk you know about it with each other um at one point yeah. we all kind of worked together in the same office so that that's kind of oh, that's like cool where i didn't know that came from um mm-hmm. but yeah so now now we all kind of don't work at the same office but we still have the podcast and uh it's a lot of fun yeah no i think your podcast has kind of like one thing i love about it it has like a little bit of everything so you know if you do like games like on here they talk about lots of video games but if you also like you know tv shows or movies or music like you did an episode where you're talking about like your guys favorite album covers like that was, oh, that was yeah, a really fun yeah. episode um it kind of has a little bit of every, a little bit of everything which i really enjoy yeah we try to touch all the bases and like we all we all three like we have our, our like three hosts and then we have like rotating regular friends of the show that pop in and out all the time uh, but we all share very similar interests, but they're also like different enough that there's like a good variety of stuff that you know becomes topics on the shows. Uh, yeah. We've also recently you know started diving into uh, game streaming and like ourselves, mm. and also partnering up with some other indie streamers. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun. I don't know. There's just yeah. a little bit of everything. Yeah, that's what I love about it. I was actually on an episode with you where we talked about Arceus Legends, which was awesome. Right. And I felt like I could talk about that game for another two and a half hours <laughs> extra on top of what we recorded. Yeah, yeah, that was that was a, sh- a short three-hour episode. That yeah, just a little three-hour episode, you know. We talk about everything we... <laughs> yeah, there's still so yeah. much more to talk about. Uh, that was a really fun episode, and thanks again for coming on. It was a blast. Yeah, it was fun. Like I said, we it, it is funny because after we were like finished recording, we were just chatting a little bit. We're like, oh wow, we didn't we didn't talk about this and we didn't get to that and we didn't talk about that. And it was like, oh man, we talked like three. What did we talk about? <laughs> yeah, awesome. there's so much, and it's it's so cool that we've crossed paths. You know, aside from our throat clearing yeah. brotherhood uh, and podcasting, <laughs> you know, commonality, we're also like huge Pokemon fans, so we're always nerding oh, out love about. Pokemon something pokemon related so that episode was a lot yeah. of fun to just get to like really go deep on pokemon absolutely yeah, absolutely but getting into our first game that we're going to be talking about is the one that mike recommended for me to play which was the banner saga So if you don't know what the Banner Socket is, this game is kind of a tactic RPG set in a like dystopian Viking universe. It's really, it really has a really cool uh, setting to it. Uh, the game originally came out in 2014 for, I think, PC and mobile, uh, later ported to PlayStation 4 and Xbox One, and then eventually to the Switch. And I think at this point, it's pretty much on everything. Like, if you have a device that plays games, you can most likely play the Banner Saga on it. 
Yeah, it would be. I'm interested to see how this plays on mobile. It kind of seems like it's a perfect fit for a mobile a mobile device too, which is interesting. Yeah, I think when uh, when I had first heard about it, um, like mm. way back when it released, I think it was like heavily yeah. advertised uh, as like an iPad game. Oh, interesting. Yeah, it seems like right up the alley for an iPad game. Yeah, um, I'm I'm very interested to, to hear what you think about this game. Um, uh, I do. I, have, I do have interesting I have thoughts. thoughts. Um, I also I have thoughts. This this game was a topic of conversation in your guys's Discord, and yeah. people in there also had thoughts. So I'm excited yeah. to hear what you have to say. <laughs> so, Mike, why did you recommend Banner Saga to me? Kind of what stood out and what was interesting to you that you wanted someone else to also experience this game? Well, I had been. And I guess I still am kind of on a uh, turn-based tactic mm-hmm. RPG, you know, kind of like rabbit hole in my gaming uh, endeavors. Yeah. And I had just come off of uh, beating Triangle Strategy, which was a really, really fun game. I loved it. I'm actually playing through it a second time right now. Um, oh, really? That game's so yeah. long. <laughs> Dude, I, uh, it's so good, though. And I found out a hack to speed it up but that's just kind of because I'm a boomer and didn't realize it the first time anyways whole other story ah. <laughs> uh, but oh see there it is sorry I had to get one in there um, there you go Ben that's for yeah. you <laughs> Merry Christmas um, but no, you I, get a I cough just finished... you get a cough yeah that's right exactly the Oprah Winfrey of throat clears over here um, <laughs> I just got done with Triangle and was really feeling the the need to play another turn-based tactics game. Um, mm-hmm. And I was also in the midst of a huge Viking kick. Uh, I was like watching uh, the final season of The Last Kingdom on Netflix, which was a great show. Um, and last summer, uh, while you know this was several months before I. I got into Triangle or Banner Saga, but all of last summer I was like really, really into playing Valheim, which is just yeah. Viking Minecraft. So I was like, I've been on a huge <laughs> Viking bender for like two years basically, and um, I had I bought this game on Switch uh, for pretty cheap on sale, and it was just sitting in the backlog, yeah. and I was like, oh, I have a. I have a turn-based tactics game right here. Like, I don't even need to look any further. I'll play this. I know I've wanted to play this for a long time. Yeah. Like, the art (laughs) style is amazing, and I'm like, this game looks really cool. It's Vikings. It's got Mm. this beautiful, like, cartoony, like, art style. Let's give Mm. this a shot. And and then I did, and then you came, you know, to me about this episode idea, and I was like, you know what? I just finished this game. We were talking about it in your Discord. Um, Right why don't you give it a shot? Because I would love to hear what you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I think I might have some... I don't know if controversial is really the right word, but and we can go right into it, which is the, the narrative and the story of this game. So, like I said, the game takes place in kind of this Viking-inspired world where essentially the sun has stopped moving, which I didn't really realize that little tidbit of uh, lore that was happening. Uh, and th- this world is populated by humans, and then there's these big giant creatures that are called the Varls, and then there's this ancient kind of almost robotic creatures called the Dredge. And yeah. the the Dredge are going out and trying to kill the Varls and, and, and the humans, and it's essentially the dichotomy between that, trying to survive in this world and 
trying to take out the dredge as you coming as you're coming across them. Um, and if I'm missing anything in the story, let me know. And I say that because the story it wasn't necessarily the story. I mean, it was one of the characters, but that was probably out of everything probably the least engaging part for me, like the least interesting part at least. Um, I had a, I don't know what it was, but I had a hard time really connecting to the story. I know this game has a lot of like dialogue choices as well, mm-hmm. and that was interesting like when I got into that and being able to, to choose things and actually see effects of those choices happen I did like because in a lot of narrative based games where you have choice that doesn't happen like you'll have a dialogue option and it'll be kind of the same <laughs> yeah. between between two things um, but maybe it was just the overall story or the characters in general and it does an interesting thing because this, this game has like narration that happens in the overworld kind of when you're walking around and we'll get into the gameplay a little after this but then when you're going down to kind of the conversations between the individuals it's all text-based and then um you're reading text that way and i don't know if it was that like the jump between those two things that made it hard for me to like connect maybe if there was like only text-based or if there's like voice acting between the characters i would have jumped on it a little more but i mean it's it's interesting enough to where i'm I'm still wanting to see this game through, and I'm definitely going to, to finish it. I haven't finished it, but I would say out of everything, the story was kind of the least compelling part of this game to me. I don't know. What, what did you think about the story of uh, Banner Saga, Mike? Uh, coming off of Triangle, um, yeah, the story was the saving grace of Banner Saga for me. Oh, um, interesting. Which we can oh, get in. Cool. That, that'll come when we get to the gameplay portion. Um, yeah. But as you were, you know, describing the story again, I started thinking, uh-huh. uh, which I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, you know, on this podcast to your audience, but I'm watching through Game of Thrones for the first time. Uh, I've dis- never watched Game of Thrones. Okay. I've never seen it. <laughs> See, so I, we're I'm just here destined to be friends. We're the same, we're we're the the same, same person, person, apparently. Um <laughs> Yeah, so I'm, I'm watching through Game of Thrones. I'm, like, on season four right now. Uh, uh-huh. But the way you describe... The, or not, well, it's not just the way you describe the game. The way the the mm-hmm. plot of the game, like, the, the narrative, is very similar to Game of Thrones. Like, the sun mm. in, in Banner Saga, the sun stops. You know, a long winter right. is coming. Well, guess what they say, like, the first three seasons, like every other line in Game of Thrones. Winter's coming. They're preparing for the, the long winter. I know about that show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> the exactly. Winter. So... So you have, you know, that whole aspect plus the dredge kind of mm-hmm. line up pretty well to the White Walkers in Game of Thrones. Right. Um, the dredge were pretty cool uh, character pieces in this. They're like, like you said, yeah, kind definitely. of robotic, like stone mechs of sorts. They're kind of just mindless and mm-hmm. they, they've like risen from, you know, where, wherever they were kind of holed up. And are just it's an, it's an marching onto for this, uh, yeah, for the for the setting too. You know, when you think about this, and it's like all oh, your Vikings, and you're thinking like old history and everything. When they introduce mm-hmm. kind of mechanical beings and like synthetic life, like yeah. that, that it's like oh, it's really cool to have these like robots that are like made out of stone, and how you know how are they functioning, how are they working, and it seems like their only purpose really is killing. Like they're going and killing humans, yeah. and they're attacking these villages and everything. Which is interesting. Yeah, uh, and I think you get a little bit of an explanation as to why that is mm. happening as you get further in the game. And also, okay. I think this is this is a trilogy. Um, 
Yeah. And I think, well, I've beat I beat the first game. I haven't played the other two yet, but mm-hmm. um, the story definitely continues on past this game. So this this is kind of like a like building up the story of sorts. Right. Uh, but even with that being said, I think um, like once you get through the game, I would like to hear what hear you think thoughts. about the the narrative yeah. then um but i do agree there are a lot of times where it's it's pretty slow and hard to get yeah. invested in mm-hmm. i think a lot of that comes with the caravan portion um yeah but yeah i, I would say the the story saved the game in my opinion for for me at interesting. least interesting now I, I i don't remember if this is the case because like you said it, it, this game is a trilogy does your dialogue options and decisions transfer from game to game? I don't remember if that's the case or not. That's a good question. I'll look that up. Um... Yeah, I don't remember. Um, yeah, it, it, it's interesting that you had kind of the opposite approach. And maybe it is because like where I am in the game, maybe later on and getting more of these, this information will help with the plot. But yeah, I think the caravan sections where you're caravanning along made the dialogue kind of hard and it kind of broke up the pacing in, a, in an interesting way to the game. There are characters that I really liked. There was, let me look up his name. I think his name was Rook. I don't know if he was Rook. Um, but there's a handful of individuals that I think stood out and I think had interesting dialogue to them. But like I said, it's like when it came to actually like reading the dialogue and making the decisions, I was kind of like, I was trying to, I was almost getting to the gameplay, like wanting to get the gameplay and kind of brushing through the dialogue so I can get to the gameplay because the gameplay was really interesting and I really liked what they introduced with it too. Yeah, uh, I, yeah, I think the character's name is Rook. Um, Rook, yeah, I like him. He's cool. Uh, I was looking up here and it looks like your your decisions and stuff do carry forward throughout the games. That's that's what I thought, and yeah. I, I think that's really cool because that kind of happened with. The Mass Effect trilogy as well, mm-hmm. you know, events that happen and to the extreme of characters that die in previous games might not will never show up in games going forward. And I think that aspect of video games is really cool and it really makes you feel like your decisions have weight to them. Yeah. So it's like something you do now is going to the consequences of that, good or bad, are going to show up in a pre in a sequel. It's like, oh, that's really cool. It makes it feel more important. Like the things that you're doing is more important. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, there, there's always something, um, something about permanence in video games that that is yeah. very appealing to me, at least. And there's like mm-hmm. a whole community of people. Obviously, if you're like, if you ever watch Pokemon Nuzlocks or anything like that, right? You know, like, <laughs> um, just like introducing weight to your decisions and consequences to the things you yeah. do, so you actually have to play with some sort of strategy or you know take uh-huh. certain things into consideration without just blindly going into uh, right. a con- like a battle or something like that hmm. um so yeah I, I really do appreciate that about games and i'm excited to see cause i do plan on completing the trilogy Playing the rest of them i, I have two I, I don't have three yet but um yeah i would be interested to see if um if your choices carry forward, I would assume like the or how how heavily later. those choices how heavily yeah, those yeah. choices weigh on the next. I would be interested. Yeah. <laughs>
but that's a good segue into the gameplay of this game. Like you talked about, it is a tactics RPG. You are playing in a, a strategy style. You will have a group of characters. You know, depending on where you are in the story, you will have different people in your group. And then when you're going and you're actually doing the combat of the game, it's kind of like a tile system. So you're moving characters closer or further away depending on their weapons. You know, if you have an archer, you can shoot from farther back. And if you have someone with a sword or a spear, they'll have to move closer to enemies to actually do damage. One thing that I thought that the Banner Saga introduced that was interesting was enemies not only have a health bar, but they have a shield too. And there is instances where unless you break the shield of the enemy, you won't be able to do damage to them either, which I thought was really cool and added another kind of level of tactics to it because it made me think, okay, should I just go for this character's health and it, maybe I have the chance of, of, of hitting him, but then I'm also risking the fact that that not doing any damage and doing the shield instead, which I thought was an interesting balance too. Yeah, that was, uh, that was really cool. And I also like how you could um, boost your attacks uh, yeah, he's like the little the stars or whatever yeah, they are. Yeah, I forget what they call them in the game, but um, mm-hmm. that that was really cool. Full disclosure, uh, Triangle Strategy was like the first tactics game that I've played in a super long time. So uh, everything, every all the tactics game, I say all the tactics games. I've played two since Triangle, but like <laughs> <laughs> all of them. It's all everything will to me is compared to triangle because that's the first one I've played in a meaningful way, maybe in like over a decade. So, um, you know, it's, it's got your typical, like you said, checkerboard movement style. Uh, but I would say for me, the gameplay, uh, the battle mechanics compared to triangle, which I, I'm probably going to annoy everyone with like how many times I talk about triangle strategy, but like, uh, mm. it's all I had to compare it to the, the combat in triangle strategy is like 10 times deeper and more fun. Oh, interesting. Banner saga, which coming right off of playing that game into this, I was like, Oh my gosh, like this, this is a drag. Um, <laughs> like just, just a simple thing. Like, in triangle you could move your character to a place get there it easily shows you who is in range of what attacks you want to do and if you don't like that you could like hit b and not make that move i'm i'm not sure if banner if you like if you go to like move to a square like and and hit it it will move you there like in triangle you Uh have the option you have to like confirm your move i guess is what i'm trying to say um yeah i know i think banner's the same you still have to like if you're moving towards a character that's an action and you have to confirm that and then you can do the attack okay then this is a gripe about the other game we're going to talk about tonight then (laughs) because i messed up so many times do it like thinking i could do that to check things and i'm like oh no i just moved there no yeah Um, i didn't mean to move there yeah do you just have the like armor or health attacks like do the do your people have any like special abilities i think there's maybe one special ability per character yeah, so so depending on your character, they all have kind of these traits. I think one of the, I don't remember his name, but one of the large Varl has like a shield dash or, or, or like a, yeah, he'll like run up against one of the characters, which launches them away yeah, from you. So you can right, kind yeah. of create some distance between you and the other character. Um, 
there was one of the archers where she had kind of like a, a knife that inflicted like a bleed status on them or something like that. But there is each character that has its own specific um, special abilities to them too. And this is another gripe that I had about the game. It, it shows that very promptly on there, like that you have the special ability, but I couldn't figure out how to use it. You know, with most Dude. attacks, you're hitting A yes. and you're going and you're confirming, but it's like right on the D-pad. I'm like, well, yeah. I, I, I did it by just randomly like pressing it one time. And I was like, <laughs> why, why is that? Why was that the decision? Yeah, that was a bad, yeah. <laughs> that was a bad it decision. It took me several hours into the game to realize how to use the special attacks. Um, yeah. I think that that is probably the my my biggest complaint is the lack of clarity in the battles yeah. of mm-hmm. being able to easily see the range of your abilities like you said how to yeah. even use your special ability um you know after several hours i kind of got it down i still would accidentally move to a place and somebody be out of range because it just wasn't like super clear uh they right. do show you but uh, i'm just like old and i need things to be like bright and flashing like this is <laughs> what you can do this you is big what dummy. you need to do <laughs> yeah. well not only not only that too but when you're like an archer or if you have if you have a character that's further away and then there's maybe a group of characters in the middle because obviously the enemy the dredge or the other uh enemies will walk towards you because they need to get close to hit you figuring out like where your attack or who your attack's going to hit i always like would oh i'll just hit a to attack and like this one in a close proximity i'll shoot this one with an arrow and then it was one like that was much farther away that's not who i picked at all that's not who i chose yeah um what did you think about the caravan uh that the caravan came to a complete shock to me like i was like oh this is like Viking Oregon Trail. How did I? How did I miss this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So the, and it's like the, a large portion of the game. <laughs> it's a large portion of the game because, like, from what I, my knowledge going in was very little about Vanity Saga. I knew about it's a Viking setting. I knew I liked the game because it was very pretty, yeah, and same. I knew that it was turn based, and that was essentially it. Yeah. So the caravanning is. I, I've made the comparison to Oregon Trail, but it's legit like Oregon Trail. It really in between is. Between either you being at camp. Or you uh, going through cutscenes, or you in the battles, you'll be you'll be caravanning across this world, and it's legit. You'll have kind of a day cycle that happens, and a little bar that will fill up that indicates the day has come and gone. Um, while you're doing that, you also have resources, and then you also have morale that your your caravan or the individuals in your caravan can either go up or go down. And in Oregon Trail fashion, there will be like little things in between here and your destination like oh you ran into a group of other soldiers do you have them join you do you not have them do you want to set up camp for today so it was it was wild how not only similar it was to Oregon Trail but that this (laughs) aspect of the game was in here in the first place that I just had no idea about it yeah that was a big shock to me too and then just how much like of like hours of the game spent in the caravan you do that and i'm just just like it's it's not fun (laughs) and i think i think you know i i I talked about the story uh, being one of the gripes, and i think maybe it was less the story and more this Mm -hmm. because i think the the long uh spans of time that was between like caravanning took away from the story and i and i began to care less and less and i was the 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 battles were still interesting and fun so i get into them i like the strategy of it 
and mm. then kind of the monotony of doing the the caravanning, which is like, oh, I mean, yeah, I, I yeah. want to do more of that. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it definitely was a giant buzzkill whenever that would happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, would, I guess I I just started describing this game to people as like a Viking road trip sim. Yeah, um, <laughs> exactly. And yeah. I don't know. Maybe maybe people like that too. You know, the whole concept is you're supposed to be caravanning across this world, and they implemented that into almost a literal sense. So I mean, I can see how people would be like, yeah, it's like realistic. But I think, at least in my opinion, like it was, it, it took away from other portions. Yeah, I think it's an interesting idea. Yeah, maybe it, they flesh it out a little better in the mm -hmm. other two games. The sequels, yeah, maybe, um, yeah. Maybe they don't include it at all. I don't know. Like I came into this game the same as you, and I'm going to go into the other games similarly. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to look anything up or anything. Um, I don't know how to improve this mechanic. But I think the idea is kind of cool. Maybe just don't make it take up as much time as it did. Like yeah, it, it's just to... so yeah, long in between destinations. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm talking yeah, like I'm trying, 10, 15 minutes of just watching went. this caravan, which mind you Slowly is so across. small too. Like yeah, the, it's tiny. the scope is insane. Um, yeah. Just like slowly walk across the screen and then like every minute and a half uh like a scenario will pop up um yeah but i will say like the visuals during the caravan like the scenery oh, they're very very pretty to look at like the art oh, they're, style they're is fan so good they're fantastic and what a beautiful segue into the next section mike which is the oh, kind of the nice. visuals and the the audio of this I mean, first things first, when you see Banner Saga, I think the visuals are probably the first thing that's going to stand out. It has a very, how do you describe this, very stylistic, very almost cartoon, hand-drawn, hand, it has a very like hand-animated mm -hmm. style to it, like almost like, almost like it's like, a, like an anime of the 80s or something like that, but it, it's interesting. And not only the characters and their like expressions, but the environments too, like the game is very pretty to look at. Yeah. And, and some sometimes during the caravanning, uh, you can see stuff happening in the background, mm -hmm. which is pretty cool. Uh, there's stuff that happens like later on. Um, I don't know exactly how far you are, so I don't want to like say anything. But um, okay, yeah, just, <laughs> I don't, don't even know where I am either. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna assume you're probably on a caravan somewhere. That's probably yes. Where you're I'm caravanning on. at some point. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the, it's just it, like I think you hit the nail on the head there with like it, it's kind of almost anime esque uh, yeah. during the the cutscenes and like the the banner while you're caravanning mm -hmm. is like huge and it's just like flapping in the wind very, very just, prominent in yeah. the like background as you're walking around which is really cool yeah it's cool and like the battles uh, how they play out how your characters move and the attacks look. Mm -hmm. um, it, it it is very visually pleasing. That is for sure. Yeah. I, I'm curious if this was like hand drawn and hand animated because it almost has that like not rigidity, but it almost has that style that it looks like like if something that was you know not CGI but hand drawn and animated. 
It's really cool. Very, very, very yeah, pretty yeah. to look at. Um, but what was interesting yeah, too sure. is, and, and I think like they they complemented it pretty well. Oh, sorry. No, sorry. no, you're good. Go for it. <laughs> I was gonna say they complemented it really well uh, in the battles, at least. I mean, even the caravanning, like the the rickety sounds of your wagon and mm. stuff, like the yeah, audio, um, you know, sound effects and. Uh, like the battles, the the clashing of the shields and the the mm. spears and the swords and the the bows, the arrows whizzing. Like, th I think most aspects of the game are are really good. Uh, yeah. It's just like literally the caravanning really it's killed just it for the me. Caravanning. <laughs> and the lack of of clarity in the battles was like a minor buzzkill. I could have really like been okay with that if the caravanning wasn't like 60% of the gameplay. Yeah, it's it's a lot of the game and it's not only like a lot of the game, it's a lot of time spent in that specifically. <laughs> um but one thing that was interesting with the the two games that we had recommended is at least for me they're both like uh video game composers that I really like their work and what they do, you know, with the Banner Saga, Austin Wintry is the one that composed the music and the score for the Banner Saga, Saga, and he's noted for he composed the soundtrack for Journey, for Flower, like some of those early games. Um, more recently, he did the Pathless, and then he did oh, what was the other one he just did? I had it up here. He did um, oh, Aliens Fire Team, that kind of co-op oh, nice. game that took place in the Aliens. Uh, universe, but I really like his music and the games that he composes, and that was honestly one of the reasons, aside from like the visual style of the Banner Saga, one of the reasons why I wanted to play this game is because I'm familiar with his work and I love the music that he does, and, I, and the, it doesn't disappoint. Like the music in the game is is beautiful; like it's gorgeous to listen to. Yeah, that, I feel like that's such an often overlooked aspect of gaming. Um, Absolutely. Is that a kitty cat? Yeah, that's my kid. He's screaming. Oh, Dang, I can't believe you nice. heard that. He's so far away. <laughs> I love kitties are cute. Um, I love kitties. But yeah, I actually just read an article. To, oh, I didn't. Uh, let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. I don't read much. But uh, I saw <laughs> an article headline uh -huh. from a trusted source uh, saying that the Grammys are uh, considering or will be adding a category for video game music. Video games. Which, which I think is amazing and yeah. it's great. It definitely should be the case. Video game music and everything, like you said, is so underlooked. And it wasn't until like the last couple of years, like in my life, I've kind of gone through phases of like being really into certain aspects of video games. Mm -hmm. And recently it's been like, that's something that you don't think about at all really. And that's good. I mean, it, it's yeah. good that you have music that kind of just like puts you in the world and makes feel real and a lot of the times it goes underlooked because if it's done well you won't notice it it'll yeah. just help the game feel better but i've been looking into that and, and all the amazing composers and the work that they do with, with which austin is a great composer and it shows in the banner saga do you ever listen to uh game soundtracks yeah a lot and this one specifically like as i was playing and then even afterward i went on and listened to the banner saga soundtrack too i mean i love all kinds of music and especially like orchestrated music is really great whenever i think it can really help you know either create a tone and create emotion for a scene whether that's like a big orchestrated scene or a very smooth and calm 
and quiet uh, orchestra. I think it's I think it's really cool. Yeah. Um, not to go off on a side tangent, so we don't have to. But I have to oh, say, we're all about tangents here. The Last <laughs> of Us, Part One at least, because uh, I didn't play Part Two because I didn't have a console then. But uh-huh. the soundtrack for The Last of Us Part One, holy crap! I listen to that so much. It is so good, and it it does it's uh, if it's fantastic. If, if they could like uh, retroactively give that guy a Grammy for what he just, did just for that, that. <laughs> please do. Like, yeah. Anyway, uh, two things. Uh, Last of Us Part Two, fantastic soundtrack. Uh, two, you should play it. I know there's there's a lot of hot goss and a lot of hot topics around Last of Us these days, uh, but play Last of Us Part Two and give your own opinion on it because I think it's oh yeah a fantastically composed written and emotionally driven game nice yeah well yeah. luckily playstation's been slowly adding exclusives to pc so pc yeah um, hopefully i guarantee part someday. two will come around yeah I, I think it will well part one is coming out soon on pc so i guarantee that part two will be you know if not quickly behind it at some point will make its way to pc yeah uh yeah. i i hold my breath <laughs> well, maybe I shouldn't because it might take a while. But, right, you know, who, who um, knows how long it, that'll take. Yeah, as soon as it comes to PC, I will definitely be giving that a play. That's for sure. For sure. Um, okay, I mean, Mike, is there any other things that you wanted to touch on with uh, uh, Banner Saga that I might have missed or anything? If not, I'll go into kind of like my final thoughts here. Uh, Not really. I would just say that um, if you do... I hope you stick it through. I don't. I don't think it's like a terribly long game. Maybe it's like ten-ish hours or so. Yeah, it's, it's not bad at all. Um, but yeah, the the story picks up and it, it does play out into a much larger, um, story that will of course span across the other two games. So, um, mm-hmm. hold hold out. The story gets good. <laughs> okay, good good to know. And that's was something that I was going to touch on too. Uh, so yeah, the Banner Saga was kind of was what I expected, and then not what I expected at all. You know, the visual fidelity of the game was exactly what I thought it was going to be, and from what I've seen too, it was beautiful. It was great to look at the character animations and the animations of the battle scenes as well were done flawlessly. Like it looks really good. And then, I mean, again, one of the reasons I went to the game, Austin Winter and his music, that doesn't disappoint either. If you like video game music, if you like music in general. Check out the soundtrack, and then if not, check out the Banner Saga in general and listen to the, the music in the game, because it's, it's done really well. Um, there is aspects of this game that kind of fell short for me. Like I said, I think the caravanning kind of took away from the story. I think that... Hold on. Here. I want to see. Here's the source of all <laughs> of the screams here. Oh, so fluffy. Wait. Say hi. Why are you so loud? You gonna stay here? You gonna hang out? Uh, what's the line from, from okay, goodbye. Despicable Me? So fluffy, I can. It's so die. fluffy, I'm gonna die. Yeah. She's so fluffy <laughs> and also very loud. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that the gameplay, the, the tactics mechanic was fun. I think it was it was fun enough where I, that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to continue doing these battles and the caravan. And how long those caravanning sections were not only took away from the story, but just made me kind of mash through them to get to the combat portions, which is what I wanted to be experiencing and playing in the first place. 
Um, I'm going to see this game through because I want to finish it and also you see the story picks up at the end. So, you know, who knows, maybe the ending of this game will reinvigorate my interest in it and then there is a second and a third and I would check those out to see if, you know, they've built up on the mechanics if they've shortened the caravan sections, which I guess is the only solution to our issue here. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, overall, aside from a couple gripes with some different aspects of the game, I was I really enjoyed my time for what I played at the Banner Saga. Nice. Uh, what are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing on Switch. Nice. Yeah, Same. it's kind Let's of it's it. it's a great like handheld game too. That's why I was talking about in the beginning of of mobile and iPad. It's like a great a handheld game and it's like fully touchscreen too so if you wanted to just like sit and tap while you're like laying in bed or something like that oh, you can do that it's, fully... it's touchscreen on the switch yep it's fully touchscreen on oh, the switch no way that's cool that's kind of how I, I would been playing like the other night i was playing i just holding in bed and i just tap away tapping characters and moving around because oh, obviously nice. there's not a lot of like drastic actions you're doing it's a turn-based rpg with just like dialogue stuff but no you can play it fully touch that's awesome uh, right if you're interested in it, um, it goes on sale pretty frequently. So, oh, yeah. uh, I know I picked up one and two for maybe like ten bucks total. Like it was really cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think full price is still on. only like maybe twenty for the game. So it, it's also not that like bad full price either. But it goes on sale pretty consistently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, going into the game that I Shout recommend, com. <laughs> the the game that I recommended you seriously to play that's like was... the greatest website. Deku deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I'll, I'll have to that, check it that out. Site rules so hard was searching for uh, finding sales on Switch games, but sorry, I, I'm sorry, I keep interrupting you. I'm a terrible. No, <laughs> no it's all good. We gotta get gotta save the people some money, you know. <laughs> Uh, but yes, the game that I recommended for you to play was Mario and Rabbids, Mario Plus Rabbids King of the It is, again, a turn-based RPG, which is kind of a, our, our theme here on this Get Wrecked episode, that combines the worlds of Mario with the Raving Rabbids, which in theory sounds like it wouldn't work and sounds like it would be strange. Uh, this game came out, when did it come out? I think it came out in 2017? Yeah, it came out in 2017, so the year the, the Switch came out. Uh, and I, I don't know if you remember, Mike, but I remember the reveal of this game and I think it was E3, and having both the Rabbids and Mario in a turn-based game, I don't think got a lot of uh, uh, fanfare when it was first announced. I don't <laughs> think people were really like, oh, they're sure, I guess. I didn't really ask for this, but okay, why not? Yeah, uh, I don't I don't remember much about its release. Um, mm-hmm. Just to be honest, up until like about a year ago, I've... I haven't really owned a Nintendo since like a Game Boy Color. Um, oh, really? That's I've, interesting. Yeah, I've been uh, like a Sony, uh, like a PlayStation guy, up until our first daughter was born. She's seven, mm. and when when she was born, uh, just out of uh, like ease and 
accessibility like that's it use. uh i started yeah. gaming on a laptop and have now mm. built like a it's not a good gaming pc but i have like a desktop now um so i've there been gaming mainly on pc for the last like seven ish years uh but then when arceus was announced i was like i'm buying a switch for that you're like pokemon <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh i got a switch a little before our youngest child was born uh, mm -hmm. and got like pokemon shield with it um but you know up until then i could care less about nintendo uh mm -hmm. releases unless they were pokemon stuff um so Fair. i totally understandable <laughs> i didn't even know this game existed until i until yeah. a friend was like hey this game's on sale for like 13 dollars," and i'm like well nintendo ips never go on sale like especially mm -hmm. that cheap so i'm gonna buy yeah, it exactly i think i had just like finished darkest dungeon or something so i was kind of oh, like cool. feeling that i mean that's not like a tactics game but it is turn-based uh so he's like, like, like turn-based uh turn-based feeling you were going for yeah so i picked this up and didn't play it for several months <laughs> up until like a couple same. weeks before you asked <laughs> about this so yeah um, no I, I was the same way i got this on like a sale and then it just like sat in my like switch backlog forever and i was like i need to play this like i bought this game i need to play through it um something that i didn't realize was this game was announced at e3 2017 so probably around maybe like june or so and then it came out in august which is kind of wild turnaround for <laughs> i don't think we see that really often ever like a two-month turnaround between the games announced and its release yeah. that's kind of crazy yeah for sure especially like man 2017 seems like it was like just last year ago. but it really it was like <laughs> five years ago which might as well be 20 years um right exactly but like you know over the last couple maybe several years it's like they debut a, a trailer or announce a game and they're like this game's release is like five years from now uh so being like two months like you you just said that is mind-blowing i'm looking at you brett the wild sequel but <laughs> it was I'll... i think it was three years ago either the day of a recording or yesterday that the sequel to breath of the wild was announced and then i saw another tweet that said it's been five years since the metroid prime logo was showed off and that's the only thing we know about that game <laughs> just like yes oh um, and that game that game had a slew of developmental issues so i guess i understand but it still it still sucks yeah it's like we always joke around on showboys uh about star wars eclipse did you see that ah like, yes mm -hmm. they, they show that trailer and then like uh like a month later they're like yeah it's been delayed to 2027 and we're all and like, like why, what? why did you show us it yeah <laughs> don't and even then, tease us now we just want it the best part is the studio's like whoa 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 what is this delayed you, you can't delay something that was never given a release date so like they didn't <laughs> they didn't even have like a target release date a, just, a like, set date. showing stuff cool. off just to, yeah thanks all right cool. we'll see you in a, a decade hopefully exactly exactly uh interestingly enough there is we don't have a release date for it yet but apparently a sequel for this game is supposed yeah. to come out sometime this year so maybe we'll get like a direct sometime this month or so and then we'll get that sequel but i'm excited for it from what we saw i think last year or the year before uh it looked really cool and kind of expanded on what this game had already done 
Yeah, and I think that announcement was uh, much more well received than uh, this, oh, yeah. this original uh, Mario yeah. and, and I think was. And I think that like two month turnaround or so was like, well, we kind of want to do this collaboration. Let's see how it goes. Maybe there was a lot of expectations to it, mm-hmm. and everyone like latched onto it. And like you said, with the announcement of the sequel, everyone was excited for it too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, going into why I recommended it, we kind of talked about it too. Uh, I was one of those people that was like, I mean, I. It's interesting because I like turn based games. I don't play a lot of them. But I like I love Pokemon and then other like turn based games. I'm just like, nah, I don't want anyone to touch it. And it's like, what what's the difference there? <laughs> no, um, the difference is they're not Pokemon. I, I totally exactly. understand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know what I'm coming yeah. from. Other people might uh, not understand that, but I totally get it. Exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah, so I was like, it, it wasn't one of those games where I was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this now. I was like, oh, that seems interesting. And then as time went on, I saw it had you know a decent to good to a pretty great reception to it too. Uh, and similar to you, when I saw that it was pretty discounted on Switch, which doesn't happen very often at all, I was like, "Cool, I'll, I'll pick it up." After sitting in the in the in the backlog for a couple of months, I finally decided to to try it out. And oh man, this game is full of charm. It's just kind of like a feels good game. Oh, so it great. has the it, it has kind of everything that I was looking for. It has kind of the strategy that you want from a a kind of turn based RPG. But it also has just the goofiness of the rabbits and the silliness of Mario and those two worlds combine and all the wacky characters that they introduce. It was just a fun time. Like I just enjoyed kind of every aspect of the game as I was playing through it. And there was some some frustrations here and there, but overall I was just like, this is this is a great game. And you talking about like getting into turn based RPGs and the banner saga, I was like, Mike, you have to play <laughs> And plus you already had it like queued up to play, so I was like, Hey, it works out. Yeah, it was it was like perfect timing um yeah because i i finished uh i don't remember what game i was streaming but this has been on my like Mm -hmm. streaming backlog for a while uh and then i played triangle of course like the hundredth time i've said that uh you guys get it now okay i'll probably stop um but um (laughs) yeah after i played that i was like okay this needs to be bumped up on the stream list uh and i started streaming i think i had streamed it like Two, two sessions and you're like hey why don't you play this for get wrecked and i'm like on it you're like cool Got it. i was already gonna play it so <laughs> yeah. it works out for the best <laughs> yep uh but man you're right this is this game um kind of was the opposite of banner saga for me where this like <laughs> really <was>. far <laughs> exceeded any expectation that i had at all for yeah. this game and honestly i didn't really have much like Expectation, expectation at all going um, like, in. Like I said a few minutes ago, like I, I was never really a Nintendo guy, so never was... I never really got the hype behind um, the like um, 300 Mario. Mario games that exist. <laughs> so I was like, oh, okay, cool, another Mario That's game. That's fair. Uh, yeah. Right. Um, so, uh, like, again, like, like we said, we got it on a pretty good sale, which never happens. So I was just like, thirteen dollars for a Mario game. Even if I play it like twice, I think it's worth thirteen dollars. Uh, yeah. But as soon as I got into it, I was like, oh man, this game is actually awesome. Like, it's way it's deeper so than I thought it was. Like mechanic wise, <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, RPG, what? like air quote RPG wise. Um, Mario's a gun? 
yeah. I mean, what else? What else could you ask for? It's so funny. Like there yeah, are so really many is. jokes that I was like, "Wow, I can't believe they would say that in a Mario game." Like it's not like they said anything yep. like super like controversial or like yeah. Yeah. But it, but it wasn't like Mario humor. Uh, well, or at least maybe maybe I'm I'm off base with that because I haven't really played. No, no. Well, one thing that I get from the, the humor in this game reminds me of like the old Saturday morning cartoons or something like that. Yeah. Where like looking back at them now, I'm like, oh, there's a lot of like adult humor in yeah. that. Yeah. But like kids at the time wouldn't have picked up on that. And it gives me a lot of those vibes. Where it's yeah. Like, if you're an adult and you know kind of the context of these, it'll be funny. Oh yeah. If you're a young kid, it'll go over your head. But some of the silly like dumb kid jokes are also in there. Yeah, yeah, there, man. I laughed. I like laughed out loud many times on stream, and um, yeah. uh, the people who tuned into the stream, like, they all thought the game, like, the the game was super funny. The rabbits are hysterical. Yeah, I knew nothing. I, I, where do rabbits even come from? Like, what are they a part of? I have no idea what they oh, are. Oh man, I, they have their own games. There's like a slew of party games. I'm gonna get this wrong, and then like the internet's gonna chastise me for not knowing what these are. I know there was a thing like called Rayman Raving Rabbids, and I don't oh, know great. if they're attached to Rayman specifically, or that was like another like collaboration or something. But I know that they were from that. They had like a slew of like party mini games that had had come out on the, the Nintendo Wii, and I think there was a couple on the 360. But they had the same kind of quirky and goofiness that they that they have here. <laughs> You know, like yeah. like hitting someone with a plunger and like tripping and like <laughs> like silly goofy humor like that, and that's kind of their their, their stick there. Yeah, it it's a great combination, and it worked yeah. it worked out really well. Um, yeah, I was for sure. very pleased. Uh, I don't think I don't think I liked it enough to play through it a second time, but I really enjoyed my playthrough like yeah. a lot. Mm -hmm. I had a lot of fun mm -hmm. with it. Uh, but getting into the story of Mario plus Rabbit's Kingdom Battle, which again is a wild story in itself, uh, the the kind of game opens up with this young inventor who, from the the background of their basement, is a very <laughs> avid Mario fan. You could tell by like there's rugs and there's like all a bunch of Mario memorabilia memorabilia there, um, and they create this little this little robot. I think his name's Beep Beepo Beepo Beep Zero or something like that. Yeah. Uh, that's the name of this device, and it is it has a thing called the Super Merge, which can combine two objects into a single entity. Um, of course, that that doesn't go awry, and that doesn't go right, and uh, the rabbits come arriving in their time washing machine, yeah. which I thought was <laughs> funny that they time travel in a washing machine, um, yeah. and they get a hold of this invention, and chaos uh, is created. It cuts to kind of the Mario Kingdom, and I think they're celebrating like a new unveiling of Peach's Castle. It's like a redesign or something like that. I don't know. Uh, the the rabbits show up in their time washing machine, and everything kind of goes crazy. That that invention that had happened before is merging things together left and right. Uh, it has now merged with one of the rabbits. So you're essentially the, the the plot of the game is trying to track down this rabbit that has merged with the invention and stop it from creating chaos across the, the universe, <laughs> essentially, which I think is just a, just a wacky, fun story in general. Oh, yeah. The story is just pure chaos. Like, they don't even... Yeah. Like, how did the rabbits Like, one, why do they have a time machine? A time, time washing, washing machine. machine? Like, <laughs> how did they even, like... Where did they come from? How did yeah. the, the super merge, like, 
somehow teleport them and the time washing machine into the Mario, Mario universe. Yeah. You know how you don't ask questions here. You just yeah, kind of no, go no, no. along. You with just stay along for the ride and it is a wild ride. Um, it really is. But yeah, uh, yeah, you're right. Uh, the whole point you're, you're trying to explore the newly, uh, newly formed, I'll say, uh, mushroom kingdom, mushroom kingdom, <laughs> Uh, in search yeah. of Spawny, who is the the rabbit that is merged with these uh, super merged goggles, um, mm-hmm. and Beepo is kind of like the the party lead here. It's it's Beepo and Mario to start out with, and mm-hmm. along the way you accumulate your roster, which um, includes Mario, Luigi, Peach, and Yoshi. But also includes Rabid Mario, Rabid Luigi, Rabid Peach, and Rabid Yoshi, which oh my gosh, the the, the characters man, in this game and the, the the Rabid <laughs> forms, like I think Rabid Peach is my favorite. Rabid Peach is pretty much just kind of like has the characteristic of a very oh, yeah. prissy, fancy, you know, blonde and everything, just always taking selfies with the phone and everything. And I'm like, this is great. This is awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's pretty great. Um, we uh, we ended up calling Beepo Toodles because uh, a lot of us are uh, parents and very much it, mm. it looks like Toodles from uh, uh, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. That's so, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Toodles. Uh, but yeah, the, the story was a, a wild ride and as goofy as it as it was it played out pretty well uh it's not again it's not like Mm. an incredibly long game um you play through the story in four worlds and each world Mm. has uh, nine stages um it's probably like an hour to two hours per world nothing crazy right um but it is funny how the story plays out and how they utilize the merging of rabbits with either objects or other characters from other characters yeah um and there were really cool like boss battles at the end of each world um that were Mm. i don't want to not challenging but they they had they they all had different mechanics but also like Mm. were just funny like encounters just on on its own merits like the bosses the the first boss i think is like a rabid donkey kong which is a rabid kong yeah Yeah. (laughs) and just their like their silly expressions too it's 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 fantastic (laughs) what Um, what did you think about the uh the the phantom guy the the opera singer boss oh um, have you beat this game yeah, yeah, I have, okay. but I had I like played it a while ago too. Yeah, so I think it's boss. the the third world, um, the in, in the spooky world, the boss is oh, this opera yeah, singer, yeah, yeah. and mm. randomly out of nowhere they just like bust out in this opera ballad, and it's like actually yeah. sung in voice, <laughs> where nothing else in the game is like voiced out at all. And oh, I remember The lyrics that. of the song are so funny. I was like rolling during that fight. It was great. It, it, it's one of those things where it's like at, at that point you kind of have you, you you've known about the game you play the mechanics mm-hmm. you kind of have you know the, the the character's humor and everything and they're like what can we throw in the kind of yeah. like keep <laughs> them on their toes oh let's do a fully voice acted yeah uh, song and dance stage let's go yeah it's, <laughs> it's like so okay great. you know what the rabbits remind me of it reminds me of like the minions 
that's oh, the vibe yeah, that I yeah. get from the rabbits. It's like the rabbits were the minions of of before. Mm. Now they've they've turned into the minions, but it's same personality, same oh, chaotic, yeah. cute energy, and it's it's funny. Yeah, one of our streamers, uh, shout out Biosiv. Uh, he we yes. were we were messaging about the game, and he was like, mm-hmm. I don't know why they haven't done this yet, but this would literally make millions of dollars. Like have this the same similar concept but the rabbits arrive in the despicable me universe and have like a movie where the rabbits and the minions just like yes just make have like a rabbits rabbits and... versus minions yes <laughs> yeah. and have them like fight each other like they have to <laughs> only one goofy cute character can survive and they have That's to right. fight for their dominance as a oh, man. lead would... cute funny character oh it'd be so funny <clears throat> yeah going into the gameplay of this like we were talking about it is turn-based and as you're kind of exploring this overworld you don't really necessarily control all the characters individually you'll control the little uh Beepo robot and everyone behind it will kind of trail behind and then as you go through these worlds you'll get into these battle sections and you can kind of prep for the battle you can kind of look over the environment and kind of see you know where characters want to be where kind of the, the moves you want to do because depending on how many moves it takes you to beat a battle. <clears throat> I also had to clear my throat. <laughs> I felt it at the exact same time. <laughs> uh, depending how, uh, like how many turns you can beat the battle and depending on if characters die, you'll get a different amount of experience for that too. So prepping for battles is another thing. Um, all the characters have weapons. Like I stated before, Mario has a gun and a, a slew of other weapons, and you'll start to level up and get new weapons and new abilities too. But what, what did you think about the gameplay, Mike? It was very surprising to me. I did not think mm. it would be as deep as it was. Granted, right. it's not like, you know, Mariana's Trench level depth here. <laughs> but for, like, coming into this game expecting it to mario, just be like mario a, and rabbits game yeah i thought it was just gonna be like another mario game and all of a sudden like right. like i i love how they still have the coin gathering mechanic from mario but you can actually yeah. use the coins you need the coins you mm-hmm. need to find all of the coins because you use the coins to upgrade your weapons buy new weapons right uh, all that stuff there's more than one weapon like you're you upgrade your uh-huh. gun uh, and your guns have like special abilities like Mario's mm-hmm. for example is uh, like a honey shot and I think maybe a bounce yeah. shot um, mm-hmm. which is really cool and each character kind of has uh, two different uh, special abilities I think one is a stone shot which will turn the, uh. the enemy to stone and they can't move one is an ink shot which will make them not be able to attack uh, right. There's like a you know, fire shot, a push shot, honey, and a bounce, I think, and an ice yeah. shot or something like that. Anyways, and, uh, go ahead. Oh, so yeah, on top of all of that, the characters have abilities where, like, 
Mario can buff his attack, mm-hmm. and the Rabbit Peach can create a shield around her to yep. lessen some damage. So not only is there like this in-depth like battling and weapons that you can upgrade, there's also more special abilities too, to yeah. it, which, is, which is interesting. Yeah, so you have each character has their primary mm-hmm. weapon, which is usually a gun of some sort, and then yeah. they have a secondary weapon, which uh, was either like a melee weapon or... Um, there was there was a melee weapon. There was like a grenade type weapon, which was just like a rubber right. duck, which was hilarious. Uh, <laughs> and then some of them had uh, sentries, which were just like little robots they would send out, little little RC yeah. cars. Um, so you have two different weapons that you can choose to use, and then each character, mm-hmm. like you said, has two uh, like hero abilities. Abilities, um, yeah, yeah. And they were they were all really cool, and there were some crossover between the characters, but I think yeah. there was enough variety between each character having two abilities. They were able to like spice things up and make yeah. each it kept character battles interesting. Yeah, each character kind of yeah. played different, and I found myself um, depending on what kind of enemies. I was going up against, which there are different types mm-hmm. of enemies that have different, you know, st- stats and abilities themselves. So mm-hmm. depending on what world I was in, I would, you know, do a battle or look at the, the battlefield and then just be like, hmm, I, I always took Mario. Uh, it would, yeah, I think you classic. have to take Mario. I don't even think you have a choice. Um, yeah, I don't think I've ever tried to swap him out. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you actually have a choice in that. Yeah. Um, but then you could either take you couldn't take a full like regular Mario team mm-hmm. and obviously you couldn't take a full rabbit team because you have to pick team, Mar- yeah. Mario so you had to have at least one or two rabbits on your team at all time mm-hmm. uh, but I would often find myself like oh, do I need to take Luigi in this who's like a sniper or do I need to take mm-hmm. um rabid mario who's like a close range shotgun like kind of beefy tank character um so i find i found myself thinking things through like that which again i never expected Mm -hmm. to do in a mario game that much depth in thinking in a mario game (laughs) and that's just like the guns and weapons there's also skill trees for each character to upgrade damage amount of coins you get on uh money shots which isn't what they're Mm -hmm. called it but i kept calling them that and it is very inappropriate but i don't remember what they called but that's that's an appropriate way Um, of calling it (laughs) so that probably sounds weird just me shouting out on stream like a money shot um (laughs) what are you talking about yeah it's really weird um yeah but things like that you can upgrade the hero abilities to be better have a shorter cooldown all that fun stuff which outs they would have had me at just the weapon like upgrades right they like, decided oh, to dump awesome. all and then this like, other stuff you also get a skill tree and i'm like holy crap this is crazy yeah um i'm 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 weak for skill trees you show me a skill yeah. tree i'm like okay cool i got it i like it yeah but I'm i just loved it. how like you actually had finally had a use for coins like i mean yeah, I know exactly. they... and not only not only in the battles too but it makes kind of exploring the overworld interesting too and it kind of incentivizes you to do that because as you run through this overworld and go from level to level, there will be coins you can grab, and then you'll start getting abilities that allow you to access different portions of this overworld. Like you can push blocks to get to different areas and everything. Mm-hmm. So the coins not only have more of a function in, you know, like you said, upgrading weapons and stuff like that, but also in- intensive incentivizing the player to explore the overworld. 
Yeah, and on top of that, like um, coins are a big thing that you can pick up in your overworld exploration, but also uh, mm -hmm. new weapons you can yep. find. Uh, and then they have like art pieces, music yeah. uh, pieces, and then like tarot cards and stuff, like other collectibles yeah. you can try to collect. It does Which, have if you're a, like collecting things. Then yeah. yeah, there's there's things for you to collect. It, it has a Metroidvania type. Uh, aspect where like as you progress you learn all these abilities to help mm -hmm. you solve the puzzles too because there's there are a few puzzles and yeah some of i mean not like super challenging but some of them are like oh, i have to actually think about this uh but it's it's just a nice mm -hmm. mix in the gameplay like oh i have to solve some puzzles to like actually make it to the next battle um yeah but like you can go back after you've learned all of these new uh like environment mechanics i'll call them uh, right to access these you know other loot chests that you weren't able to get before um right. yeah it's just like all three of those things fun. it just it made it, it was uh, not what i was expecting at all and it was very fun yeah what one of the things that i really like that stood out to me a lot which i think is the case in games like octopath and, and triangle strategy but which at least from what I played in Banner Song, I haven't really seen, but the verticality of the maps or the, the battle arenas that you fight in, it was really fun. Like, it's yeah. not just like walking up to a character and attacking, it's walking up and going through a pipe system or even solving puzzles of pipes to go into certain sections and characters will be higher up and behind cover so you can't shoot them because they're too, they're out of, they're out of range. So you have to try to get up and close to them with still like there's cover scattered throughout these, these, arenas too that you can hide behind and it has a percentage chance whether you'll get hit by it or whether the the cover will take most of the damage but i think the verticality itself was really fun i really enjoy it yeah so mario and rabbids is like the mario version of xcom so you have like the mm, cover mm -hmm. system like you were saying yep. you can strategically uh pick your your movement points to be like okay do i want to like get behind full cover and make sure that i can't mm -hmm. get hit this turn or do i want to like get a better uh higher percentage shot by going to a different spot instead of you know sitting under full cover uh right the the verticality like you're saying it, it you do get a damage bonus from shooting down on someone mm -hmm. uh which is a thing also in triangle um yeah the the actual battle mechanics are are super cool like you have those two systems but then you also have uh the ability to do dash damage as you're moving you can yeah. like um, jump on them like, like click on Mario. one of your enemies yeah. and like dash through them yeah to do mm -hmm. some damage and then move somewhere else you can also team jump you can like click on mm -hmm. like move to one of your teammates and then that will launch you further uh on the yep. map than you would be able to without doing a team jump mario gets the ability to team jump onto an enemy which is cool so you got the the yep. classic you know mario classic stuff. mario jumping yeah. um yeah and then like you said the tunnels were cool where like if you could maneuver it correctly you could move like halfway across the map just like using yeah the tunnels, you like place all of your nice. or even like um, placing your characters in certain ways like getting across the map would make things really easy that way too yeah uh like 
I love this game. <laughs> like, it was <laughs> so fun to play. Um, oh, that's so good. That's, I'm so glad to hear the that. the three games that we've talked about so far in this genre tonight, because I'm including Triangle, just because of how many times we brought it up, uh, right. Mario sits firmly in the middle. Uh, Triangle, I still think, is like the better of the three that I've played. Banner right. being the, the worst. Um, mm-hmm. But Mario is more towards the triangle side in the middle than it is towards the banner side um yeah it's great it, it, yeah, it's a it, it, it's a it just, fun time overall i can't say enough the game really shocked me And not only that, like visually, this game is beautiful. I mean, uh, this game was developed by Ubisoft and I think published, I think Nintendo published it, I'm pretty sure. Um, But how the game runs visually and like we talked about last time, music, Grant Kirkhope composed this game. He's from lots of different things, but mostly Banjo-Kazooie. almost all of Rare's games in the late 90s to early 2000s. Um, and right when I turned on this game, I was like, oh, it's Grant Kirkhope. Like, his music is so recognizable. Like, the <laughs> horns that he does and the very kind of whimsical, because I love Banjo-Kazooie, and I, I played that role a lot. And this score mm-hmm. that he did for this game gives me a lot of that those vibes to it. And uh, again, if you haven't listened to any of his music or anything, I would definitely go check him out. But it's it's great visually the audio of the game is fantastic yeah plus you get that that tom fan banger there at the end of yeah. world three <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah i mean okay. uh graphically it's just it's uh, a very gorgeous game on the opposite end of the mm. spectrum as banner where banner is like very um, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's also very stylized, but it yeah. is very artsy. Yeah, but Mario's got that, like, um, what do they call it now? Like, the chibi style, like, very yeah. round, very, like, mm-hmm. um, vibrant, colorful. Yeah. Um, but I loved, like, walking through the overworld and seeing, like, all the chaotic merging like of fuse yeah, yeah the merge like kingdom things stuff and like prana, prana plants and yeah like uh yeah. i think my favorite is when you're in like the the hub where you can pick mm-hmm. what world you want to go to and you see like the giant bomb but it's like in oh, someone's yeah. underwear yeah great <laughs> got me every time <laughs> oh this game's weird now talking about it well, one thing we didn't even talk play. about i didn't even right yeah well uh, we didn't even mention this, but I, I didn't mess around with this, but there's like a co-op mode. Oh, yeah. I actually haven't played any of the co-op mode. Did you even mode. know that? I, I knew there was co-op. Me either. Every time I, you like... I, there's like a... Isn't like a battle system too? You can like verse each other? Maybe. Possibly. <laughs> like, we don't know. Uh, yeah. And, and I don't think... I don't know if you bought the version that came with the DLC, but there was DLC that came out later that did add Donkey Kong into the mix and a lot of new levels that surrounded Donkey Kong too. So that's out there if you want to play uh, more. Oh, if, you're, if you're craving more Mario and Rabbids before the sequel comes out, then there's that for you too. 
Ooh, that's tempting. Uh, I did not get yeah. that version, but uh, I might keep my eye out on a sale on that because uh, sure. that sounds fun. This, oh, we talked about it a lot during the stream. Uh, I am very much a gamer on a budget, uh, father of three, um, <laughs> you know, don't have a lot of disposable income. So I tend to wait to buy games until I can get them on a crazy sale. Yeah. The only exception is Pokemon. And now maybe the sequel, Mario and Rabbids. To Mario and Rabbids. Ooh, it, it might, sold you that much that it, yeah. will, it might be a pickup. Might be a day one purchase. We'll see. No, I, I I'm the same way. I, for the most part, for most games that come out, even like really big ones, that I'm like, oh, that looks cool. I'm like, I can wait. You know, I can wait till it's on sale, till it comes out later. Like, I got a ton of games. Like, I don't mm-hmm. have a problem of in that category at all. But when it comes to like Pokemon, Zelda, <laughs> then I'm just like, nah, <laughs> yep. Well, I guess I'm playing it. this day one. Sorry, yeah. other games got to get pushed back a little bit yeah. while I play this. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, plus, I also uh, kind of. I'm in a an interesting uh, like predicament, or maybe it's just like a cool place to be. But like mm-hmm. when our seven year old was born, I like got way addicted to League of Legends. Like six <laughs> years, that's the only game I played for six years. So I missed that's out wild. on so on many everything. good games. But now those games I can get for like Are super cheap. six bucks. And it's amazing. Well, see, and that's the benefit of waiting. If you could just be like, yeah, I'll just wait a couple of years or like yeah. however long, that the game's just only going to get cheaper. Well, right. And you'll, you'll, well, you'll hit a point like where that Nintendo- starts to yeah. change. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> unless it's like a Nintendo game, then you're just screwed. But yeah, I don't know. Maybe next next wave of like massively epic releases, I'll just go on another league bender for a couple of years. And come or back and just be like, oh man, look, I can get these these three games for like twenty bucks. Holy crap! Yeah, that's crazy. Like having all three Bioshock games on the Switch that most of the time go on sale for twenty dollars is a steal. Like if you haven't played Bioshock, I think wasn't that that trilogy free on uh, Epic? It was on Epic, yeah. The Bio- yeah, Bioshock I think I trilogy. picked that up, and I have not played any of those games, so. That'll be a fun Mike time. Might be back That's... on the podcast to talk about Bioshock. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, I don't need a league bender. I just need to like play through my backlog. That's like five years worth of content right there. We all have our sad little <laughs> neglected backlog that's just like uh, huddling in the corner, yeah. wanting to be loved. <laughs> Love me, please. <laughs> please, please. Okay, Mike. Uh, g- give me kind of your final thoughts. Y- did you finish uh, Mario and Rabbit Kingdom Battle? Yes. Final thoughts. Okay, okay cool. so yeah. as you could tell, I love the game. I would highly recommend it. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember if I chose a difficulty, which means I probably just played whatever it's like normally oh, set like on. Normal, yeah, normal. I probably just said like on a yeah, yeah, yeah. Super easy. Like, I blew through yeah. many fights, uh, like with ease. With mm-hmm. I, I would lose. Uh, I almost perfect like. I would say I got a perfect score on like 85% of the fights and the ones that I didn't get a perfect on were because of like messing up uh, because this is the game where where you you don't have to confirm your movement so I would go and either like be like oh if I put Mario here will I be able who will I be able to hit and then I would Mm. accidentally hit A and it would just move there and I go you're going there okay well I guess I don't have a choice (laughs) Uh, or like <laughs> I would 
like misplace where I wanted to move. Like, I don't know. I, I'm like a huge, like I'm about to be 35, which might as well be like 80 when it comes to video game stuff. <laughs> uh, so like I would be like, I want to move here and I'd just be doing it too fast to like get through the fight and accidentally move right. like one square to the left or right. Oh, where no. I to move. <laughs> and then I would just like be in front of like one of those giant, dudes with the coffin and with a big like one the, you. yeah they yeah. just like smash you so uh i would like lose or like lose chunks of health and then die like occasionally but i the only times that i would really lose an encounter would, would be because of scenarios like that so i blew yeah. through the game and then i get to the final boss and the what i thought was going to be like the final stream was four mm-hmm. hours long Oh no! With like <laughs> two of those hours being me trying to beat the final boss, it was so much harder than the rest of the game. Like not like impossibly hard, but what I was used to but playing, like I was like, "Right, where did this come from? This is crazy." It was fun, that... but not expected. Uh, okay, that's what my question was because a lot of the times in those situations, like those kind of difficulty curves are like disorienting and it makes yeah. the gameplay feel weird but it was it seemed like it was kind of a welcome challenge at the end of this game yeah it was it, wow. much like everything i've said about this game so far not expected it really surprised yeah. me <laughs> um but in a good way like not like yeah. cynthia elite four way uh but like <laughs> don't don't bring it up like too soon, don't, don't, too soon. <laughs> i still i still haven't finished uh Boone diamond Chaining pearl i haven't gone back oh no um <laughs> But no, the the this fight, like all of the other boss fights, are there were three phases, but the phases were like actually challenging and required yeah. like a, a lot of thinking of where you were placing your characters, what characters you were taking, what abilities you were using. Mm-hmm. 100%. Uh, so it took me probably like three hours to beat the final boss, whereas like yeah, uh, let me let me bust out the I added them added the hours up so oh, there you go. it was about 22 hours for me to beat the game mm-hmm. that and I was just going off of my stream like uh, yeah. the video lengths so there was probably times in those videos where I wasn't like progressing the game right constantly but we'll, playing the we'll entire say time. like we'll still say 22 hours well like right. three of those 22 hours so almost like a sixth of my time spent in this game was just the, was last just boss the final boss. <laughs> but it was it was it was challenging in a good way. It wasn't like I was losing That's because good. of like stupid. It, it, not comparing it to Dark Souls or Elden Ring in any way. But when you fail in those games, it's because uh, you're you were doing something wrong and not because of like just because you know. Right. And that's kind of how this felt. Like I was just positioning in the wrong way or like mm-hmm. I I should have attacked this character instead of the boss on this turn and if I would have done that right, then right. I probably would have won um, so yeah overall great game uh, please play it. it this like we said about Banner Saga this actually does go on sale pretty frequently and I think it's yeah, all these games sale, are pretty so, cheap um, yeah. if you can get it it, it is well worth uh, the sale price uh, before we wrap up here, do you have any kind of like hopes for the sequel? Like, do you have anything that you like saw in this game that you would like want improved or want like touched on more for Sparks? I think it's called Sparks of Hope, right? And that one's yeah. like 
takes yeah. place over like the space and the universe and everything. And I'm like, wow, this is what is this game? Yeah, honestly, no, I think they did everything really, really well. And I mean, being a Mario game, I'm sure this is probably tailored for a younger audience. Yeah, maybe. But I mean, the depth makes me wonder, like, how young of an audience? The because there's yeah, some the things you have to like actually think about. But overall, yeah. the difficulty wasn't super high, so maybe they wanted to make it accessible to a younger audience right. too. Um, I don't really have any suggestions because I thought it was um, it was really really well done. Um, More of this, yeah, exactly. Just keep <laughs> doing what you did there, and uh, you, you you won't fail. I know, I know it's called Mario and Rabbids, but it, since they're doing this whole space and universe thing, it would be really interesting if they touched on other Nintendo properties and brought that into like the game. Like, I want to see uh, Rabbid Link. That is what I want. <laughs> you know, like, yes. he kind of has like, a little like uh, uh, green hat that's like way too big and kind of like drags behind him. Yeah, I just love I'm the fine. Rabbids like derpy eyes. Like they're all like yeah. very Forest Whitakery, <laughs> and just yeah. like yeah, I think that's my favorite part. Anyways. Awesome. Well, thank you, Mike. Thanks for coming on and talking about these games. Two great RPG strategy RPGs that, like you said, go on sale a lot. So if you haven't, then you should definitely check out the Banner Saga and you should check out Mario and Rabbids Kingdom Battle. They're both very different games. They'll, they'll provide you with a very different experience, but, uh, but really fun and entertaining nonetheless. For sure. Totally agree. Yeah. And thank you so much for inviting me on. It was a pleasure. Yeah, of course, Mike. Uh, one more time before we get out of here, tell the folks at home where they can find you. Uh, you can find all of our stuff at linktree, uh, linktr.ee slash showboyspodcast. Um, if you want to kind of stay up to date, uh, you know, the best place to do that is in our Discord. Um, and we have a website coming soon. Um, it's kind of out there now. I probably shouldn't give it out because it's not like perfect, <laughs> but if you want, right. check out showboysmedia.com. Um, it's still a work in progress, but it's got all the main stuff up there now. So go check it out. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely go check out their, their podcast and their show and everything. Uh, really, really high quality content there. They're putting out there. Oh, thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Of course. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Thanks for coming, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for getting to the end of the episode. We'll be sure to have uh, the Showboys link tree down in the description. You guys can go check out all of their stuff. But yeah, like I said, thanks for listening. And that's all we have for you. We'll see you guys next time in the next episode of Get Wrecked. Bye. See you later. Bye.